And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 110 of the Holistic Health and Human Potential Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. We have an incredible interview lined up with my dear friend, Magna Freedom. Before we jump into that, I just want to let you know about my Holistic Health Mastery Program. You can find more information about that at holistichealthmastery.com. And after you review the information and you see the incredible value that we're delivering to hundreds of people all over the world in the fields of cutting-edge nutrition, natural health, holistic, and innovative lifestyle design. If you feel inclined to enroll in this program, you can get 10% off the one-time payment at the checkout by typing in human potential. Again, the coupon code to receive 10% off the one-time payment is human potential. And with that, I want to bring you into this great conversation that I had with Magda Freedom. And we really talk about how to create a compassionate, healthy lifestyle. And she is an incredible activist for animal welfare, humanitarianism, the environment, vegan nutrition, um, just really consciousness in general. And, and really, we talked about how to orchestrate, how to architect a conscious and compassionate-based lifestyle through plant-based nutrition and what that means not only for our health, but what that means for the health of the world, what that means for the health of animals, what that means for the health of people worldwide when everyone adopts a coherent framework for how to create a lifestyle that's based in compassion and that creates a vibratory ripple effect within us 
of compassion when we eat foods that are raised with compassion as an energetic imprint. And I really love this conversation. Magda is incredibly passionate about these topics and shares her knowledge and shares her perspectives with compassion and a lot of love. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this. So let's dive into this conversation between myself and Magda Freedom. Magna Freedom Rod is a visionary lifestyle guide, wellness educator, certified yoga instructor, conscious eating expert, and content creator. She founded Visionary Lifestyle, a conscious lifestyle brand, in 2007. Magda's mission is to inspire, educate, and empower in order to activate the highest potential of individuals in our collective world in such a way that we create a healthy, thriving humanity in a sustainable planet. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ronnie. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited for you to be here. It's a total honor, and I'm looking forward to all the interesting directions that we flow into together. Me too. (laughs) So the first thing I want to ask is a little bit about your journey and what brought you to where you're at now, the work that you're doing. I know a lot more about your background and your particular passions and focuses, which are very mutually supported by mine as well. But what what got you into it? What's some of the origin story? Hmm. Well, my journey to being a conscious eater and an educator in in this space, um, I, and a yogi for that matter, I really credit my daughter. Um, you know, my daughter is 18 now. So 19 to 20 years ago, I was becoming a mother and, um, suddenly it wasn't about me anymore. And I needed to care more about the planet and I needed to care more about what I was putting inside of myself because it wasn't just me that I was feeding. So, um, I started with prenatal yoga when I was pregnant with my daughter and that really put me on the organic, conscious path. And, you know, it's taken me 20 years (laughs) to get where I am now and to know what I know now. It's, it's, it wasn't an overnight thing. It's been a gradual thing, like as, as we learn and grow and expand. Um, but I'd really have to, you know, I, I really do credit her for putting me on this, this conscious path. So, you know, it's, it's been a journey, you know, when she was a baby, I was still, you know, eating fast food, you know, and doing the drive-throughs and things. So, you know, I obviously I've come a long way since then. And, um, it's been an evolution, but, um, when you ask me where, where the root of, you know, how I got here, where that came from, um, I really always look back at that as the, you know, becoming pregnant. And that really shifted my, my world in this direction to, to make me healthy. And this is one of the gifts of becoming a parent is, you know, they help us be better people. Absolutely. What, what, when did your passion for the vegan message and lifestyle start to come through? Well, first of all, I don't generally use the word vegan because I find it to be very divisive. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so my, my focus is whole foods, plant-based and, and even within that, I, I don't fall necessarily under the umbrella of vegan because, um, I enjoy some, you know, bee medicine, bee products sometimes and things. So I can't quite fit under that umbrella of cool. Uh, I, I love this, you know. by the way, I love what you're saying. And this gives, <laughs> this gives a little more, um, 
a distinction to what your your focus is. So I really I really want to honor that. And if you maybe want to break that down for everybody as far as your focus, I would love that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, to, to where where the passion came from in this plant based, you know, plant based, and then lately I've been saying also planet based. You know, I'm about to, to teach at the the Learning Kitchen at the Lightning in a Bottle Festival for the third year, and they said, "What's your title?" And you know, I was just on a on a beach in Thailand by the grace of God that was beautiful, <laughs> and it like a, it just hit me like a lightning bolt. You know, it was like planet based diet. It's you know just one more letter into the plant based diet hashtag, right? Because this it's it's synonymous a plant-based diet is a planet-based diet and vice versa so Mm -hmm. my my passion here is is threefold it's you know my conscious eating that i teach is self-love animal love and planet love and the underlying simple thing for all of that you know to express love to all of those things equally and easily is to eat more plants this is what i'm always wanting to encourage people to do and the environmental piece, which really fuels a lot of my passion to do the work that I do, really started probably in 2006 when I saw An Inconvenient Truth. I think I became an environmentalist overnight when I saw that film and I saw how us as humans are completely raping the planet and somebody's got to do something now. Um, it's taken me more time than that to understand the connection between our food choices and the impact on the planet. And now, you know, I've done a tremendous amount of research and have been deep in this space now for a good 10 years. Um, And I have a very clear understanding of how our food choices do, in fact, um, impact the planet. So, of course, they impact ourselves. Of course, they obviously impact the animals, whether we kill an animal or not to eat it. it, Obviously, it impacts the animal. But I think the thing that most people don't really focus on or understand or, or notice or even passes their awareness at all is how our food choices impact the environment. So that's, that's really when, when I started putting those pieces together and those light bulbs started going on in my head, you know, which is a result of, you know, documentaries and, you know, some conscious media that's out there and, you know, different, um, you know, workshops that I've gone to and things, you know, different exposures that I've had. It's become really clear to me that, um, eating more plants, um, I, I know one thing that you talk about is, um, what is it? Subtraction through addition, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Is, you know, I, I follow that as well. So the more plants we add to our diet, the less animals we're eating and the, the healthier we are, the healthier the animals are and the healthier the planet is. So I'm, I'm really clear on this and this is, this is where my focus is. Awesome. I love that. I, one thing that came up for me in this Oftentimes we are so connected with our own life that we miss out on the world around us. So it appears to me that most people don't really see the connection between their choices and the impact on the world because we're so insulated. We're in our own world. We don't really even see the impact on people that are homeless in the street or, or, you know, even our spouse, you know, if people are like really deep in their own their own world, they sometimes neglect their their family um, because they just can't see the interconnectivity. So I'm really wanting to explore maybe uh, this connection between what we eat, our lifestyle and choices and the effect on the planet to bring more awareness for people on that subject. 
Mm, great. Well, you just touched on that word connection and making the connection. I have a few hashtags that I use um, a lot. <laughs> One of them is make the connection because what I want to do is help people understand that the food choice that they make does not only impact you know, themselves and the animals, but it does greatly impact the planet in so many ways. As um, I've come to learn you know, the animal agriculture is the number one driver of climate change, which is the biggest threat to human species, the human species. So, you know, um, all of transportation combined is about 13% of CO2 emissions. And that's, you know, the FedEx planes and trucks and barges to China and, you know, every car in LA on those freeways and the traffic jams and every, every vehicle on the planet, all transportation is only 13% of CO2. Whereas animal agriculture is anywhere, depending from which study you look at, anywhere minimum 18% all the way on up to potentially 51%. So in my view, it's, it's a silver bullet to solving climate change is to eat more plants. I mean, the less animals we can eat, the more plants we can eat is it's literally suicidal at this point for us to be consuming animals because, you know, the numbers are there, the science is in, um, you know, and, and it's not, it's not a pretty picture of where we're going environmentally. So we have, that's the CO2 emissions. That's one on the list of like 10 major world issues that are impacted by animal agriculture. So again, going back to, you know, eating more plants as the solution. So it's important for us to not put our head in the sand and ignore the problems, but to, and also not to dwell on them, to acknowledge them, but also look beyond that to what is the solution, right? So we don't just get stuck in, you know, the horror and the fear of, you know, where we're going as, as a planet, as a species, because it is, it can be very scary if you sit down and really look at it. Mm-hmm. But I want to be optimistic and I want to focus on the solution because I see it so clearly. Eating more plants can literally save the world. I mean, it it is that simple. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking everything from ocean acidification to rainforest destruction, loss of biodiversity, uh, world hunger. Mm -hmm. All of these things are impacted by animal agriculture. And it's like with this one choice that we make every day, if we can switch out the hamburger for a hemp burger, we can literally save the world. Totally. And as somebody that has been a vegan and was really, a, or I mean, I didn't say vegan as in I don't have any animal products, but basically a vegetarian who, who has been raw vegan at different times for years, for almost the last decade, I can tell everybody right now that that hemp burger switch, just as, a, just as an example is very easy and it's actually way more satisfying my and I was I I ate whatever you know as an athlete I just ate whatever before I kind of had my my food awakening about 10 years ago and um you know wherever anyone's out listening to this this is such an important I mean geez this is like such an important message and such an important insight and it's leading me down a train of thought that I'm going to I'm going to really enjoy unpacking with you. Mm. Uh, but the environmental aspect and you're and you're coming at it from a place of love. I know because you're a yogi and you're you're into conscious eating. It's not like it's not like you're um, you know, you, you kind of laid it out like, look, I'm not a vegan per se because it's a divisive term. I'm just into really common sense consciousness like I'm into like into getting off the suicidal trajectory of a self-deleting system that we've all been conditioned by. 
Mm-hmm. Or conditioned into. You conditioned into. So it's our normal, right? Mm-hmm. That's so. I want to. I want to. Um, there's a few things, but that right there is kind of hitting me hard. Is like this aspect of normality and mm-hmm. how we can kind of eject or help to to escape or or that's not the right word, but help to free ourselves from a normal or the normality of society that may not be supporting our highest good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what my work is all about, as you know. And I think it comes down to education, you know, and knowledge is power. I mean, when I give my talks and I speak at festivals, it's like, I, it's probably my favorite part of what I do is that, you know, talking to a big audience and just watching people's jaws drop Mm. when the light bulb goes on. It's like, what? I had no idea I was contributing to that with my food choice. You know, every every pound of beef is, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 gallons of water, right? If we make, if we have the hemp burger, it's a hundred to 150 gallons of water for the hemp. And by the way, each pound for pound, um, uh, in terms of protein and hemp and beef is like the hemp, the pound of hemp has twice the protein and actually healthy fats instead of unhealthy fats. And it has chlorophyll in it. It's just like the win, win, win. I mean, when you look at conscious eating and eating more plants, it, it's a win, win, win. It's more self-love, it's more animal love, and it's more planet love. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'm gathering that really what you're talking about is a way to love ourselves again. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, and each other, right? Because the, the food choice that I make doesn't only impact me. It impacts everyone on the planet. It impacts that starving child in Africa. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the grain that we're feeding to animals right now could feed 800 million starving people. Right. So when you think, when you break it down, when you unpack that 16 pounds of grain to produce one pound of meat is what we're doing. When you're eating that hamburger, that's what you're supporting. And you're supporting the, you know, the destruction of the rainforest. I mean, I I know a lot of people are into the grass fed movement right now and thinking that that's actually more, you know, beneficial for the planet. And then um, from a health perspective, a personal health perspective, I would say that it would be a healthier choice for your body temple would be to choose an organic grass fed beef product rather than, you know, the fast food hamburger. Right. But, but regardless, I mean, that, and that's just, that's only one of the three tips of the triangle, right. Or the pyramid. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you have to consider in every food choice, self-love, animal love, and planet love. Right. Mm -hmm. So from the self-love perspective, maybe that's a better choice from the animal love perspective. Maybe it's better. Maybe that cow's happier grazing out on the, you know, on the field rather than being in, in the lot, right. In the CAFO. But, um, but from the planetary perspective, it's actually more harmful because that cow's living longer. So it's, it's, uh, uh, giving off more methane mm-hmm. and it's eating more grain It's consuming more resources in its life. So it's actually counterproductive if we're looking at it from an environmental perspective. That is such a good point. That's, uh, yeah. And this whole movement, right. And what people don't actually talk about is a healthier way to feed your food addictions. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Like, because that is what you just laid out is a, highly rare insight that anybody in that particular movement really actually talks about. The only, the only times I hear anybody 
and we'll just call it the, um, and I'm not trying to be insulting here. I've had other people on the show to bring their perspective. So I'm, but I am just as charged up as you are because it's like, this is the deal. In the grass fed movement, I very rarely see people. Um, the only time I really see people talking about the environmental benefits is when they're when they're almost like insulting vegan and vegetarians by saying, hey, you know, like when you're growing all this kale everywhere, as if we only eat kale. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm eating kale in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh-huh. kale. It's just it's just not, you know, it's in and out. So I just found that like that's like the example. It's kind of a mocking kind of thing. And I sense there's like a lot of mockery towards vegans and vegetarians still, even though it's kind of like that's that's a little archaic. Right. Um, uh, but it's just it's kind of like and where am I going with this? I want to go in a direction where we actually try to find a common ground and a consideration, mm-hmm. an omni consideration, as my friend Daniel Schmackenberger says, every choice we make is omni considerate to the whole. And it's not mm-hmm. just about our individual um, immediate gratification, but it's thinking about the whole systems and the whole processes involved in whatever we're partaking in. Right. And that, that's exactly the same thing that I'm talking about. I like, I like that term. Um, because, and that's exactly the point that I'm trying to, to raise with people is that it's not all about you. (laughs) I'm trying to get people to move from, from me consciousness to we consciousness, because we are today seven point something billion people on this planet that uh, if we stay on the current trajectory by 2050, we're slated to be somewhere around, um, 11 billion people. Okay. And this planet, as we know, is already taxed. The resources are already, you know, we don't have enough. We're already short. So we're looking at nearly doubling the population within the next handful of years, the next couple of decades. Um, we simply don't have enough resources to sustain unless we switch to plants as, in terms of what we consume. Mm-hmm. Because on you know one acre or 1.5 acres, we can grow either one cow, 375 pounds of meat, or 37,000 pounds of vegetables. Okay, so a thousand times as much food, you know, if we do plants versus animals. So we have to look at this. I mean, every single day, you know, 200 something thousand people are being born onto planet Earth. I mean, how are we going to feed them? Right. Let's just get everybody onto the hemp burger train off of the Mm. hamper train. And that's literally can like save the world. I mean, I see it so clearly when all the light bulbs went on for me. It was just like, wow, this is I it has become my dharma because I see it so clearly. And I will speak to anyone who will listen about it. And, you know, to be honest, it is a lot like pushing a boulder up a hill a lot of the time because there is such deep conditioning in our society that we need to consume animal products to be healthy. And that's a lot of conditioning to cut through. Wow. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, when you start looking at the list of all the things that are going wrong with the planet as a result of consuming animals, it becomes very easy to make the switch because it's like every, every, thing that you put in your mouth, every food choice that you make, just like it is for your body, either medicine or poison, right? Whether we have the hamburger or the hemp burger, medicine or poison, um, same goes for the planet. So, you know, next time you're grocery shopping or you're in a restaurant and you're looking at a menu and it's like, okay, we got empanadas on the menu. We have veggie empanadas and we have 
you know, beef empanadas and we have chicken empanadas. Mm. There, let the mantra be playing in the back of your mind, eat more plants, eat more plants, eat more plants. Because with that one choice that you're making, you're making a massive contribution to the environment as well as to your own health. And then obviously you're, you're saving an animal's life as well. And, you know, the teaching that I do is as a yogi is rooted in ahimsa, which is the first tenant of, you know, the eight limbs of yoga. Um, Ahimsa, meaning do no harm or nonviolence. So, you know, consuming animals is violent inherently. You know, there is there is killing involved. Even if they have a beautiful long life and only one bad day, that bad day is still really violent. So we're contributing to violence. And, you know, I could go off into the energetics of we're consuming fear and, and death and all of this, but that, that's not really the biggest part of my focus. My focus is I want to get people to make the connection between their food choices and, you know, primarily the planet that we live on, that we all share. So every food choice that each of us makes does impact the other. Okay, you just you just hit one of my points I wanted to make, the Ahimsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, synchronistically, I mm-hmm. have the Ahimsa on the five yamas section of uh, a book. This isn't really, this isn't meant to be a um, self-promotion. It's, it's just super relevant to this part of the conversation because it's something that we haven't dove in su- super deeply into yet in this podcast. And I'm just mm-hmm. really overjoyed because um, the yamas in particular are and part of the, the, the eight limb system of yoga is a philosophy that is so pertinent to me and just the overall consciousness transformation of where we're going. And, and diet has a huge part of this. So I would like to just kind of read a couple sentences that, that I placed here on the hymn. I think it might give even more meaning to the overall context. And then I want to just hand it back to you for more deeper exploration. Sure. Uh, the basic understanding of the Ahimsa philosophy is to do no harm to sentient beings as a way of existing in the world. This is only one level of the Sanskrit translation, however. It provides the main context for its core meaning. Another level to it is to do no harm to others and to do no harm to ourselves. This includes not harming ourselves or others through physical actions as well as violent or disharmonious thoughts and toxic emotions. So if we could dive into that, like now that we know that it's, it's what we put in our mouth, and it's also what goes on in our, our mental and emotional space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the, the nutshell of that is, you know, Ahimsa is doing no harm in thought, word, and deed, or mm-hmm. thought, word, and action, right, towards self and towards others and towards all sentient beings. Mm-hmm. So um, eating, eating more plants and less animals is, is a great way to practice Ahimsa. And I think most people, you know, if you took a survey and you said, you know, who's with me? I'm, I'm into not, you know, doing the least harm possible, right? Most people would raise their hand. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Most people are not going to say, no, I, I think harming people is okay. I think our people or things or sentient beings, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. right? Now, most people are going to say, no, I agree. The least harm we can do, the better, right? So that foundational principle of Ahimsa, I think is universal if we stop and bring people's attention to it. And, and so, 
not eating animals is a way for us to practice ahimsa, that first tenet of yoga, as we, as we discussed. And if we, if we look at it from an energetic perspective, so we can go there a little bit more then, right, into the energetic perspective. I, I think about like animals in the slaughterhouse, right, lined up watching their, you know, brothers and sisters, if you will, you know, in the line ahead of them, they're, they're, they're definitely feeling the fear right before their moment comes. And, you know, most of them are are not living a long, you know, prosperous, happy, healthy, healthy, happy life. So if we, if we, if we look at it then from the energetic perspective and these animals are lined up for slaughter, they're seeing their brothers and sisters, you know, go in before them. There's, there's no question, you know, that there's fear and that there's, there's fear in their bodies, in their tissues. And then we, we slaughter them and then we eat them. So we are consuming that fear, right? So that's, that's from an energetic perspective and recognizing that everything is energy, right? Everything is vibration. Everything is energy. So we're making a choice. Do we want to fuel our body with, you know, fear and death, or do we want to fuel our body with, you know, plants that are full of chlorophyll, which is essentially light, right? Mm. So we can either choose to consume light or dark. And what do we want to be more of? We are what we eat, right? We eat more light. We're going to be more light. We eat more dark. We're going to be more dark. Mm, That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's a choice, you know, and, and again, I just keep going back to self-love, animal love, planet love. This is an ahimsa based approach. So again, for anybody that, you know, once you spell out what ahimsa is, I think, you know, 99.999% of people are going to say, yeah, I'm on that train. I want to be on that ahimsa train, mm. you know, and then what we have to do is cut through the, the social conditioning of oh well animals were put here for us to eat and you know all these all these (laughs) religious point of views and yeah i mean there's there's so much there's so much conditioning but but what we got to look at too is like survival right and Mm. like i look at for example at the paleo movement and it's like well ten thousand years ago this is what we were eating (laughs) and and i go okay well that was then and this is now, and now we're on this planet with 7 billion people rapidly moving towards 11 billion. And we might need to adjust that a little bit. Our brains are pretty doing pretty well right now. You know, I think, um, I'm, I'm looking at the, the long-term, you know, vegans and, and vegetarians out there. They seem to be doing okay. They seem to be thriving. They seem to be not getting cancer and obesity and, you know, heart disease, right. Dying of all those, Mm. those major lifestyle diseases, food related lifestyle diseases that are what 95% preventable. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, and that goes back to the self-love piece. So, you know, one thing that I would, I would point people to a piece of conscious media that really fueled a lot of my work. I would point people to the film Cowspiracy to, to get a really good, quick insight onto the detrimental effects of animal agriculture on the planet. Um, it, that, that film really lit a fire under me because it was like things that I knew, but it was finally in a way that I could easily share it with other people. And it's like, it's not just coming from me anymore. It's coming from experts. You know, you have Dr. Openlander who did all the statistics for that. He's got, he's got a great Vimeo talk that you can search for. Um, maybe I can send you a link to it for the show notes. If you do show notes, but he's, you know, he's very concise with his message and, you know, the way he presents it is like, okay, what if there's a, like, you know, a ticking time bomb in this room in this auditorium that I'm giving this talk in. And what if I tell you, I have the code to deactivate it. 
And if we if we don't all contribute to pressing the numbers to get, to get the code in there to get it deactivated, we're going to self destruct. You know, and it's like everybody's like, yeah, well, I'll press one of the numbers. What what's my part in this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that's your option. It's like you can continue mm-hmm. down this trajectory, the suicidal trajectory, or you can make a little shift and and actually thrive and and be a part of the solution on the planet. Mm. You, you know, it's like conscious eating is a way to be a part of the solution to world hunger, rainforest destruction, ocean acidification, climate change, you know, um, rampant lifestyle diseases. Like all of these things are impacted by our food choice. And it, it's so simple, hamburger versus hamburger. Mm. You know, I, I had the most amazing burger at a place uh, called Sage in Bali, and it was actually a kitchery burger. So it was like mung beans and rice, and I don't even know what else they put in it. But it was the most delicious, you know, vegan burger I'd ever had in my life. And I was like telling them, this can save the world because I, you know, any meat eater would eat that and go, yeah, this is delicious. I I guess I could live without a hamburger if I could have this, Mm, you know, like the solutions are here and it's just a matter of cutting through the conditioning that people think that they need to eat animals to be healthy and also helping people make the connection. Like we go back to that hashtag, make the connection, eat more plants. You know, the solution is on your plate. The solution to all these major world problems is on your plate and you have power. Your, your choices have power. You are powerful every day. And if you choose to eat plants over animals, you know, you leave the animals off your, your plate and you eat plants, you're actually making a more positive contribution to the planet than say driving a Prius over a Hummer, you know? I mean, it's just, it's a super, super powerful thing to eat plants instead of animals. That, that choice, the ripple effect of that choice is so far reaching and can have such a positive or detrimental impact, you know, wrapped up in that choice. So my mission is all about getting people to look at that. I love your passion for this. And we need more passion for saving the planet, for sure. And that's what a huge part of this podcast is about, is bringing on luminaries and thought leaders that are super passionate about saving the planet because that's really kind of the attitude that each one of us has to take in whatever our vocation and message is and um and to go all the way with it despite what anyone thinks about it or anything and Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that and what i'm hearing what i heard in a little bit of that is people's comfort zones people get caught up in their comforts because they don't realize the external effect of their actions and it brings it back to that original kind of idea of of people's awareness um in their day-to-day life not necessarily understanding where that uh where their actions can what effect their actions can make so Mm -hmm. i'm curious what was your what was your transition like because I see where you're at now, but what was it like when you made that transition that you're recommending people make? Hmm. It's been it's been a gradual it's been a very gradual process for me. You know, I, I stopped eating meat probably 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and then it was maybe nine years ago, you know, I was vegetarian at that point. I wasn't, you know, off of dairy as, and eggs as well. Um, and by the way, in India, 
eggs are not vegetarian. Right. <laughs> so if you go to a vegetarian <laughs> restaurant, there's no eggs on the menu in India, which I thought was interesting. It's, it's still a life form, right? Right. I mean, it's still an animal product. Yeah, it's right. a life form. Um, so I, you know, it's been, it was progressive for me. So then it was maybe three years after I stopped eating, you know, hamburgers and meat. I remember the last hamburger I ate. And, and it was, it was a conscious decision, you know, a conscious transition. And then it was maybe three, you know, cause I was one of those people that was like, I can't live without cheese. Come on. I'm addicted to cheese. And of course, as I, as I learned down the road, I literally was addicted to cheese, right? It's the casein, it's the protein. It has an addictive quality to it. So, you know, but the good news is, is that you can get off of it and, you know, just 21 days breaks or makes a habit, right? So if we can just have some substitutes or things to get us through that 21 days, we actually can live without cheese. I'm living proof. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was maybe three years after I stopped eating meat that I was at a, at a festival and Paul Watson, um, from Sea Shepherd Conservation Society was speaking about how the oceans are depleted. And, you know, I, I learned that 40% of the fish coming out of the oceans is going towards, you know, feeding pigs, right, for the bacon, the wow. bacon habit that everybody has. So we're depleting the world's oceans, completely disrupting the ecosystem on the planet, um, you know, for the bacon habit. And it was, it was that day that I said, okay, well, I'm certainly never eating bacon again because I don't want to be a part of that story. And this is, this is the time to let the cheese go as well. Like he was really promoting veganism as a solution, you know, to saving the oceans because if the oceans die, we die. So it was all clicking in for me. And I said, okay, this is, this is where I stop with the dairy and I stop with the cheese. And, you know, so it was, it was a progressive journey for me. And, and it did take me a couple of years and, and it's fine for us to, to, to take some time to integrate, right. The changes, like we, we hear these things and we go, okay, well maybe we can't do it, you know, cold Turkey overnight. Right. It has to, there has to be an integration process. And as you say, you know, an experimentation, experimentation process, um, where we go through like, how does my body feel without it? But, and this is why I created my conscious eating course was to give people the shortcut because it took me years to figure this stuff out, you know, and now, now I'm, I'm on the other side and I want to give people a shortcut. So I have a six week course that lays everything out for people and they can take as long as they want to make their own transition, you know, because it is a lot of information, right? It depends on where you're coming from. If you're eating the standard American diet, this is going to be a major life transformation. Mm. You know, if you're just, you're already on the vegetarian track, maybe it's, you know, you're not going to have so far to go to get to the other side. But, you know, ideally we're, we're learning something every day that's moving us in the right direction of sustainability of self and planet, mm. you know, again, moving us from me consciousness to we consciousness. And, you know, for the people that, that don't care about the planet and don't care about the animals, hopefully we can get them with the self love piece. You know, <laughs> like, Well, if you don't want to be one of the statistics, you know, the heart disease, the cancer, the diabetes and obesity, you know, these lifestyle diseases, if you don't want to be one of those statistics, then, you know, this is something you might want to look at you know, and just getting people, getting people in whatever way we can. And, you know, maybe even being the, the Trojan horse and putting it up as like a weight loss thing, like, oh, well, you're going to lose weight if you do this and getting those people in and giving them what they think they want, you know, selling them what they want, but then really giving them what they need, which is, you know, a far superior health by eating more plants. Wow. There's a lot. That's a lot. And so good. So good. I, um, 
trying to recapture the insight that I had, which was going to be another bridge. Take a moment to just pause and let everyone take that in because this is, it's a lot. It's a lot in a really good way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think what it signifies is a level of empowerment, right? It's not just like doom and gloom, like the world is ending because of the situation and we need to steer the ship before we go off the edge, which is kind of part of the message. Uh, but it's really about sovereignty, I think. At least that's how I look at it. Like, it's about self-mastery. Like, for all those people listening to this that are into that are into self-mastery, well, I would recommend for all of you, test your, your mastery. Test your discipline by taking some of this conversation and applying it to your lifestyle. If you've never actually been on a, on a plant-based diet entirely... I would encourage you, and and for those that resonate, I would challenge you to actually take this on as a thirty day practice, and mm. then and then as you find out that you start to actually thrive when you learn to do it the right way, because that's that's actually another thing that I want to I want to just bring up is this can be done totally the wrong way for people, mm-hmm. and then they can they can actually suffer and it's no wonder people relapse and yo-yo back into um even worse food habits than they had before and then they renounce the idea that a plant-based diet can work because they may not have been educated on how to take the steps that are going to be appropriate for them can we touch on that Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is a really huge point. And, you know, I, I witness it all the time. You know, I have friends who've been vegetarian for 28 years, you know, and suddenly went back to meat because they, they somehow got a seed planted in them that eating meat was going to, you know, make them healthier. And, um, you know, it makes me crazy when I see that because there is a right way to do it and there is a wrong way to do it. And that's why in my course of the 15 lessons, the large, the largest lesson is the how to do it the right way, the nutrition piece, right? So that you get all your proper nutrition. So it's like, well, yeah, you do need calcium. Where am I going to get it? Okay, well, you get it from your chia seeds, your leafy greens, your tahini, right? Your sesame seeds. So it's like there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. We're not encouraging people to be carbitarians, right? And live on (laughs) french fries and pasta, you know? No, this is whole foods, plant-based. That's a big distinction, right? Between vegan to whole foods, plant-based. I mean, they're not necessarily the same category even really. Um, so yeah, nutrition is, you know, having that nutritional education is vital to doing it the right way because yeah, people can get depleted in certain things if, if they don't get the proper nutrition and, and it's, it's not rocket science. It's not complicated. You know, that this, uh, lesson that I have in my course, you know, it's like the video is like 20 minutes long, but it, you know, it comes with the PDF that, that breaks it all down for you. So when it's just like a shopping list. So when you go shopping, you know, you know what to buy and you know, if you're eating these things, you know, you're going to be balanced. So it's just, there's a little bit of a learning curve to it for sure. Um, but you know, all things worthwhile, right. Take a little bit of effort. And we're talking about, creating the best version of yourself and being a solution to all these major world problems. So, you know, by my view, it's certainly worth the effort. Absolutely. And where can, um, where can everybody find your course and your website since we've brought that point up? Yeah. The conscious eating course is it's conscious eating 101.com. 
And then my main website is visionary-lifestyle.com. And that also links to conscious eating. And, you know, if people search any of those hashtags, you know, if anybody searches visionary lifestyle, they'll find me on every platform. I also, you know, have my podcast where I have extensive conversations on these things as well. So there's, there's a lot of information out there, but if people search any of those hashtags that I mentioned on Instagram, you'll probably find a lot of my feed where I'm referencing these things. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I have a lot of information to share and it's just my greatest passion to support people who are open to this. You know, when people come to, you know, the talks that I give at festivals and conferences and things, and they come up to me and they say, well, I'm on this path. And, you know, I was, I was raised this way. And, you know, and people, when people approach me personally, it's like, all I want to do is help them. And like, they're, they're open to the idea. They see the value in moving in this direction of a whole foods plant-based diet. And, you know, they have their stumbling blocks. Like it's my greatest pleasure to support people who are there. I, I've, I've kind of stopped preaching to people who, who are not ready for the message. You know what I mean? But if, the, if that door is open, like just a hair, just a little crack that people are open enough to show up to a talk or sign up on my email list or ask a question, it's like, I'm a hundred percent available to support people going in this direction because, you know, I love the planet and I love everybody on it. I love every sentient being. And I, I want to be a part of the solution and I want to support other people who are willing to, to be the change in this way. And, and it, it, an important point for people to understand too, is what we're talking about here is it's not a deprivation diet. It's not, Oh, I have to give this up. Right. It's again, going back to addition by sub or subtraction by addition. Right. It's like, no, you're gaining, you're gaining, you know, vitality and health. And so is the planet you know, by your choices. And so are the animals. The animals are happier, you know, and it, it's just the win, win, win diet. I mean, maybe that's the new name. That's a great, you should trademark that and, and put that out as a book. I think that would be amazing. Immediately. Immediately. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's good nugget that just came out. Thanks, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was so great. Uh, you actually just hit the last question I was going to ask as a conclusion which was what are you most passionate about and maybe maybe there's another nugget there that you want to you want to share with everyone I mean it it's already it's already there I mean it, it is conscious eating as a solution to personal and planetary health I mean it, it is what gets me out of bed every day and um, it, for me I just you know like I said when the light bulbs went on and I just saw like, the string of, of, you know, world circumstances that are impacted by this one choice that we make every day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really become my dharma to share this message to anyone and, and everyone that will listen because I do recognize the power of it. And just, and, you know, going back to the little thing that you said about the ship a minute ago, that's one of the analogies I give when I give my talks is, you know, it's like we are on the Titanic right now. Make no mistake. We are heading towards the iceberg as a humanity. And, you know, there's, there's a small, very small percentage of us on one end of the boat, you know, waving our hands going, come over here, come over here. I've got the solution. I've got the answer. You know, I know how to turn the boat around, come over here. And, you know, I feel like, you know, there's that tipping point, right? That, what is it? I don't know if it's 14% 
Uh, that's the number that's coming up in my head. I think at the tipping point is like 14% of people become conscious. It like uplifts the rest of, of humanity. So if there's 14% of us or 13% of us on the one end of the Titanic, if we can just wave over another 1% to get on that end with us, maybe, you know, we can shift the direction. Maybe we can, you know, t- tilt the, the boat just enough to miss the iceberg. So, you know, I'm over here waving my hands and inviting people to join me because I feel like I have an answer to a lot of the, the, the world's biggest problems. And we don't need to look to our, our, you know, quote unquote leaders, our politicians to make the shift. We all personally have the power to make this choice every day. Again, that's either medicine or poison for ourselves and for the planet. So it's simple, the simple mantra for everybody, eat more plants. I love it. I <laughs> resonate with that. Eat more plants. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me and joining us. This was an incredible conversation. I'm super grateful to have it with you. Yeah, likewise, Ronnie. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you're doing, the podcast and with your programs. And I know you're out there just really being a warrior, you know, for health and for the planet as well. So right back at you. Namaste. Mm, Namaste.